Hey everybody, this week on Sweat the Details, we welcome Jessica Sweezy from Thousand Watt. We had a fantastic conversation. Yes, we talked about real estate marketing, and we also talked about humanity, artificial intelligence, vulnerability, the value of all those combined, and the importance of human relationships. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. jump on in and say, you know, Jessica, you know, it's, uh, thanks for joining us on Sweat the Details. Um, it sounds like you just walked your kids to school. Um, where mm-hmm. is that? Yeah. Uh, I'm in Oakland, California, in the Bay Area. So uh, I, well, I'm lucky enough to walk my youngest to school. We live in the neighborhood that she goes to school in, which I know is not always common these days. So <laughs> it's kind of nice. I did that with my, my my younger one for years. We we walked and ro- rode bikes for years. And it was, um, you know, one of the best parts of parenting was that, you know, 20, 30 minutes each yeah. day. Uh, you don't, you don't yes. get that, you don't get that time back. No. And it's, it's always great conversation. Um, you know, just random things come up. So you learn, you learn <laughs> a lot by listening. Yeah. So what do you tell, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and where you are and, and a little bit about Jessica before we just start jumping into to talking about, you know, marketing and such. Yeah. So, um, what do I call myself? I'm a, I'm a copywriter first and foremost, but I'm also a bit of a, bit of a creative director and strategist when it comes to brand and creative projects. Um, for right now, I work for Thousand Watt, um, who I think you guys are familiar with. And we do this kind of work only for companies in the real estate industry and in residential real estate to be specific. Um, yeah. So what I do is, you know, we have, we work with a lot of companies that come in and they kind of they either need a brand refresh, you know, they need to um, rethink their their visuals. Um, and a lot of times also kind of the story that goes along with that, like who are we and what makes us different? Um, who are we trying to appeal to? What are we really doing here um, in addition to making money, you know? Um, so I come in and I help guide a lot of that work, you know? so do a lot of workshops with clients where we dig into uh, the big questions around why are we here? uh, What are we trying to do? You know, sometimes there are challenges at play, you know, sometimes there are misperceptions about a company. A lot of times what we've noticed over the years is like, once we get inside of a company, it's like, oh, the inside here really doesn't match the outside. Um, And so, at like a basic level, a lot of what we do is really try to make that outside shine more of the inside out, you know, so that people can see, oh, this is a company full of, you know, rich, deep, amazing, dedicated people. You know, how do we make that scene outside? Um, you know, cause a brand really is all of that perception. Um, it's not just the logo and the colors that they see on your yard signs. So that's a little bit about what I do. So who on staff has the PhD in psychology to help sort of suss that stuff out? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if we have any PhDs, but I know for myself, it's definitely something I read a lot about. Um, you know, I just read a lot about what makes people buy, what makes people affiliate with brands. Um, a lot of like 
I think it's important when you're in any sort of brand world to understand the world around you too, like what's happening in culture and in people's, you know, societal realities um, that can impact decisions too. You know, um, I think it, what we're seeing in real estate in particular, it's like we're in, we're now in this information age where there's so much information available to people. It's almost too much. It's like a fire hose. And one thing that I've thought a lot about lately is like, it's really a matter of trust at this point. Like what, which information do you trust? Um, because there's no shortage of it. You know, it used to be, that was the thing. That was the value, the access to the information. Now I think it's more about like, how do I know what's real? You know, is this house really for sale that I'm seeing on, on Zillow or, or some other site? Um, what do I actually think the, you know, what do we think a good offer is going to be? Like, where, where do you get that kind of a trust? And I think brands can really help with that. Um, how you build your brand out in the world is, is one way to help build that trust. Yeah, I love it. I, I'd love to um, to dive into the trust um, component in a, in a little bit, but I want to jump in with a hard hitting question to start with. Uh, okay, you're you're an expert in in branding, um, and I'd love to get your take on this tagline that we're thinking about. It's a great time to buy or sell a home. <laughs> How about that is a tough question. <laughs> And, and I'll say, uh, you know, I wouldn't recommend that tagline, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, full full disclosure to all the listeners: we, you know, Thousand Watt has uh, we've worked with Thousand Watt in the past on some pieces, and and I will say, Jessica, the first the first day that we worked formally with with Thousand Watt, um, Jonathan and I and and another partner, um, one of our lead brokers, flew out and met with Mark and spent a whole day, and really it was deep diving into things. You know, like you're saying, we knew who we were, but we didn't know how to say it. And I think, yep. you know, what what's amazing about the process is just the the internalization, understanding of what our brand really meant. And it's we yes. understood who we were, but we didn't know how to voice it. And I think, you know, I think the question is just kind of how do you, you know, when you're working with new clients, how do you find that voice for in such short order? I mean, you guys are amazing at yeah. it. Yeah, it's kind of an elusive question, right? Like, because you never really know what you're, how you do something, you know, it's it's so hard to explain how you do something, <laughs> you know, you're so good at what we're all so good at what we do. Um, but I think you hit on something that is true to our process, which is like, brand does start inside. Um, brand starts inside of a, an organization. And that's sort of the first order of business is like, getting everyone on the same page, you know, like from the person who works at the front door at the office to um, the agents out in the field, to the managers, to everybody. Does everybody have the same story in their mind of what our company is all about and why we're here? Um, and oftentimes they don't. So we have to kind of start there um, and create like foundational a lot of brand work really is like foundational and it's just like internal getting everybody on the same page. And then it becomes extremely valuable once you do that work to use it to guide any outward facing marketing, um, 
visuals, you know, say you're redoing your website. Well, now we have this foundational definition, you know, of who we are uh, that we can use to guide that. But to answer your question, like, how do we get there? Um, you know, it's, we, we like to sit with clients for a long time um, and preferably be in their environment, you know, depending on the, the scope of our, our work together. We try to be in the client's environment as much as possible. Um, and sometimes, sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes they come to us, you know, like you guys did. I, that's helpful though, just to sort of understand the dynamic. Um, we're trying to wrap our heads around, not just the operational, like, okay, what, who's in charge of what here? How does information have, you know, get disseminated? How are people communicating? But also just the, like, asking people, like I said, from the person who works the front desk all the way to the agents out in the field, like, why are you here? Why do you come to work every day? Um, and that's such a good starting point. You hear, because you can start to hear consistently like, oh, when this company says we're a family company, for instance, um, right away, if you start asking people questions like that, you'll either find out that's completely false or not felt by everyone <laughs> or that it's actually really true, you know, and something that people endear and um, and really love about their job, you know. So simple questions like that. Um, and then just, you know, really trying to understand what the the strategic imperative is to like what is um, you know, what is the what does the brand need to accomplish for our business now and into the future? So we we ask a lot of questions, uh, <laughs> I guess is my my answer. Um, I like to do focus groups too with agents without their bosses present um <laughs> uh because you get a lot more candid answers um and you know people will just open up more freely uh we like to do one-on-ones sometimes too um if it's a very large organization we'll do something like a survey to kind of gather information that way and it, it's all around sentiments usually like why are you here um what Tell us about emo your most prideful moment at work recently. You know, give us some specifics there. Um, these kinds of things really just help to paint the picture of the culture and, you know, the objectives, the mission, um, and sort of like how it carries through person to person. I've got a question about that, just kind of taking what you're saying and, and putting it in perspective over the last couple of years, have you seen a shift in the last couple of years of maybe like fragmented, uh, fragmenting the, the, the vision and, and culture and understanding um, because of COVID and, re and working remotely and mm. things like that? Or have you seen things tighten up a little bit? Because I, for, from everything you're saying, it's, it's about people and culture and rubbing shoulders and kind of, yeah. You know, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? What have you seen? I mean, it really depends on the organization. Like we've worked with companies that it's like that has become even stronger and even more of a value proposition, like to the agents, especially like, oh, I would never leave because of the leadership that I get here. 
you know, not only from executives, but like managers and other agents and the collaborative spirit and all of that stuff. And then other organizations, it's just much harder. You know, I think it depends and it's got, you know, only accelerated, right? It's like, I think it's hard when you're in this business that really is so people focused and we've been through these massive shifts, right? And now you have all these, um, you know, sort of virtual brokerages coming in to a lot of markets too. Um, but even within those virtual brokerages, you know, we worked with one earlier this year, you find that there are, there are like subcultures or mini cultures being created <laughs> throughout the company that are like big teams that are forming, um, together, you know, because they're like, oh, we need each other. We need, um, we need like to learn from each other. We need motivation. You know, we want this culture. So I think even it's pretty easy to kind of look at some of those companies and be like, well, they're lacking that, that critical piece. Even those companies are working towards, you know, they, they will build online cultures, even like, oh, we have weekly classes where everybody can show up, um, and teach you know, teach other agents what they're learning, that sort of thing. I, I think I think having that sort of development of, you know, you have the large organization, but then you have, if I'm hearing correctly, you have this sort of subcultures or subgroups developing can be an exceptionally healthy thing because it shows the organic mm -hmm. growth of, of internal trust. I mean, they, you know, it's, yeah. you know, we don't all, I think all humans, we don't, all humans don't like everybody the same. So if you feel of yeah. uh, if you have that over that brand that speaks that 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 bleeds down if you will, but then you have those subgroups within, I think that could be an exceptionally healthy thing. But how do you tie them together with that big brand? Yeah, well, you hire a thousand watt. That really is like what we try to do, you know, in. It, we first try to define what that is because everyone kind of needs to rally around, you know, sometimes we even call it like, what's the rally cry here. Um, and it doesn't have to be like a revolution, you know, like, Oh, we're out to completely change the industry. It could just be something like, um, you know, it's, it's collaboration, our thing. That's our, you know, that's what we stand for. Um, and we will die on that sword. You know, it's the, if we figure out what that is and we put words to it and we sort of institutionalize it, um, it goes a long way to at least like help people understand like, you know, what is this company all about but the same way, you know? Have you found, I mean, you, you, you know, I'll put this stuff in the show notes, but some of the stuff that you, you've written over the years has stuck with me. And I think that, mm -hmm. you know, speaking about with, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, so it, with the evolution of different media and, you know, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, like all of them, is, you know, my sense is that the, the, the connective tissues, if you will, is that consistent trust throughout everything. Is that something that y'all have seen or you work to convey or as you speak to different to, to clients and customers about, you know, what it is that they need to do? I mean, do you tell them to do every every medium or just the ones with which they are have the affinity and strength? 
I mean, I think it's when it comes to marketing your brand, I think you pick the medium that you are both most comfortable in and you know your ideal customer is hanging out. Um, I think it's crazy to have to be everywhere all the time now. There's just too many channels. Um, and I think, you know, you can do that once you, if you get to a certain point where you have an, a giant team working for you. But even then, like most, I think most content teams will build or disseminate on like a flywheel concept where you take one piece of content, you know, say it's a long form blog post, you chunk it down to smaller things that work on Instagram um, or a post on LinkedIn, but they're all kind of the same thing. Um, it's too hard to be everywhere all the time. And I think, you know, when you look at some of the the newer platforms, although I guess TikTok's not really new at this point, um, a lot of agents have had luck on there and had, you know, done really well using TikTok. Um, but it's not for everybody, you know, and I think like to try to force it, that's where you can get into trouble because you're, you're going to come off as forced. You're not going to enjoy it. And it's going to be a waste of your time, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I, I would always caution, like, don't just jump on platforms because it's a new platform, you know, really think about like, what kind of value can I offer here? Um, and what's my objective? You know, just being here is not good enough, in my opinion. I think you have to have like, you have to figure out how how you can offer value, and is it the right place to do that? Um, well, I think I, I think Jessica, one of the things that I love about reading your posts is there is a real authenticity and honesty in what you say that it doesn't. I, I know it doesn't ring true in a lot of agents' ears of what they want to hear about what you're saying. Yeah. To your TikTok posts, to your statement of you can find people who've been viral or who've been popular or have a half a million followers, but are they creating a lasting impression that really furthers their, yeah. their service or, you know, questioning the, the commonality or the, you know, the common thought of, of misperception, if you will, and according to your post of gener intergenerational wealth of real estate and, and other pieces. I mean, I think you just, you address things very honestly. And I think there is a, that supports the desire from a client side to want to work with somebody. We know you're going to be telling it straightforward, right? And it's not, yeah. you're not saying it because you're trying to dissuade people from using TikTok. You're, you're saying it because this is the value you provide and why you provide it. And it may not be that comment, but it's just the total authenticity of your, of your remarks. And I think for us, when we're writing, you know, I was thinking, a little bit ago when you were when we started you were talking about brands and trying to to find the intersectionality of, of what's really going on in the company and how to present that and i thought i wonder how often you guys work with somebody who has a fabulous brand but whose company does not actually exist within that brand right they've created a magical persona but they don't really support it internally and it's not the genuine dna of of the of the company necessarily. And I think, you know, to your TikTok, mm. I think that's, that's part of it, right? People are like trying to be in that present moment where they think it's popular, but they're not really providing the service behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. That's such a great question. And 
I can't even, I can't think of an example. It's almost always the opposite. And I think that's why we're called in, right? right. <laughs> because there's some sort of a brand problem um, or, or challenge or opportunity, you know, where the company comes to us and they're like, help us out. You know, it's, it's almost never the opposite. Um, maybe if we were business consultants, then it would be the other way around. Um, but yeah, it's usually, or not even, um, I mean, it, 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 it's not like everyone comes to us with some sort of crisis either. Sometimes it's just like, you know, a company, I'm thinking of one in particular, was born in one market, you know, amassed a much bigger regional footprint because they added a bunch more offices over the years or acquired more companies. And they can't seem to shake that original image that they're, you know, they're just an, an Oakland company. They're not a full Bay Area company, like for example. Um, you know, so it's usually something like that. It's like, again, like it's like the reality doesn't match the perception. And that's a yeah. hard, it's not an easy problem to solve, you know, <laughs> but it really starts with like defining the brand, giving, getting everyone on one page and starting, because again, it's like, you never know you're, when you're a real estate brokerage, like the agents out on the street, they're, they're brand ambassadors, you know, they're the ones out there. Uh, they're the face of the company in many ways. Um, they're their own brands, yes, in, in many ways, but they carry the Nest Realty brand, you know, to face to face to face to different functions in the community. Um, and if they're not reflecting that larger vision or even have it in their mind subconsciously, it's like they're never gonna they're never gonna carry that right message out into the market. So I was talking to somebody years, many, many years ago in the early days of social media when there was so much concern and angst about agents, you know, being online. And somebody said, you know, all brokers need to be watching what their agents are saying. And, mm -hmm. you know, this, this friend of mine said, if you can't trust them in a car with an agent yeah. back in the days when <laughs> we did that, you can't trust them online. And I think that's, a, you know, something that needs to be, yeah. you know, you know, mentioned to, to a lot of agents, but I was sitting here pondering, like when you're looking at all the information online, you know, the, have you gotten a sense? And I, I don't know the answer yet because we're an evolving, you know, world, which do you, what is your like immediate reaction to, which is, which is more discernible, the inauthenticity of something generated by AI or the authentic authenticity of somebody that you know, that you see it like within the first few seconds, like, oh, that, that means something to me that resonates. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's another great topic. I think we all have mixed emotions about AI, right? <laughs> um, on the one hand, it's like, it's, it's amazing, these tools that are coming out. But, you know, I have, I have a Gen Z child, and then I have, I guess, my youngest is what is known as Gen Alpha, which I learned recently. Um, and it they have this sort of innate ability to know when something is not real online, like much more so than 
And I used to worry about that as a parent, like, you know, I got to teach them, like, you don't just believe everything you read online. And, um, but I think they actually know, and I think people know, right? Like you just sort of, um, I've seen, I've seen it in myself a lot lately, because there's a lot more of these, like, um, actually, Brian shared one the other day, like these AI services where you can take a photo, and they turn it into like a professional looking headshot. Um, And there's a lot of AI generated photos out there right now. And I can tell when it's AI generated, even when it's really good, you know, I just can tell um there's something about it it's like you look at it and you're like it's just flat like it's not speaking to me as a human being um and so I think we just we should give ourselves credit as humans like we know our kind we can recognize each other (laughs) and so that's why you know we have you know a bs meter inside too right and like people can tell when someone is just you know, sort of trying to sell to them without any value behind it. Um, we just know, like we can tell. Well, you you mentioned trust before and authenticity. Um, I actually saw something online um, just a couple of days ago from someone in college admissions who I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but the gist of it was they were receiving applications from all corners of the United States and some of the applications were some of the the, the um, uh, articles that were written by these applicants were uncommonly similar um, coming from <laughs> the U.S. So yeah, you know, you see something like that, and it's you know it, whether it's whether you're copying or whether it's like almost too perfect. That's the I think the one thing about humans is like okay, maybe there is a spelling mistake in there, but that gives a little bit of patina to the situation. It's yes. like, this is real. And like, hey, it's okay if, you know, th- that person doesn't look perfect. You know, like AI may yeah. look as perfect as possible. And and look, I've seen some real estate headshots recently that oh, you kind God. of look at and you're like, wait, what, what, what is that? Even though you don't even yeah. know the person. Yeah. You've never you met them, you know that. it's not right. Yeah, you but, know, right? You like, just have this meter. <laughs> building trust with somebody it's okay to show that you that you've got some warts and you've got some patina and like hey it's, yes that person's real um yes so that, i mean I think that's a really really important point there's um, no question. And, and something that we keep in mind too even in like creative process because you know we're as creatives like we like we like to take something and make it perfect um but there's this thing in branding um that mark has talked a lot about is like that little bit of wrong you know it's like that little bit of wrong that sometimes can help take an idea across the fence right um i was reading about your story about the um the name nest and how like everyone hated it when you first brought it up and you were like something inside of you told you like okay this is the name um that's i think that's hitting on what i'm talking about it's like that's something that's a little bit wrong that's also why something works and why it attracts people um you know because we do it's like we are suspicious of perfection we are suspicious of 
that like fakeness. And I think especially going into this like AI world, you know, that's going to be another thing that is, yeah, it's like a red flag. (laughs) If we remove, you know, if we remove the topic of discussing this from a business standpoint and talking about companies, if we're just talking Mm -hmm. about humans and who we interact with, the reality is we can meet people and enjoy them. But until there's a level of vulnerability that's opened up in both directions, the relationship doesn't go very deep. And I think once the, once somebody is comfortable to, to be vulnerable and both sides are vulnerable, then that's when you really start developing a deeper relationship. Um, And I think there's certainly part of that that's true of the branding as well. Um, You know, and, and part of, of that exploration that, look, nobody is everybody to everything or everything to everybody rather. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I do think you've got to be able and willing to, to put yourself out there to figure out what, what works and what doesn't work for everybody and and be honest about it. Um, And I think that's so much of what y'all do at thousand watt. You just, you, you're fabulous at, at finding that, that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. It's like that vulnerability is really what creates connections in the end, you know, that, um, that knowing like, Oh, we're, we're kind of the same, right? We're flawed human beings. (laughs) We make mistakes. There's a connection. Um, well, look, great conversation. We really appreciate your time. I'm going to give you one kudo that's actually been very relevant the last couple of weeks. So we've, we're into the year planning and looking into next year. And I've had conversations actually in the last week with two different vendors um, about working with them. And they're given their pitch. And both of them have name dropped 1000 Watt. Um, as kind of part oh, really? of either like we work with them or we're working with them. So when we talk about oh, brand, okay. you guys have built an amazing brand in the real estate world. So um, you know, kudos to you for that. I know it's you you've got an amazing team, um, team there. So I just wanted to to mention that. But you know, along with building that amazing brand, is kind of we wrap here um with this podcast called Sweat the Details. You know, as we look into 2024. And clearly we're in a changing environment. We're changed or changing environment and and, and lots of uh lots of headwinds. Um yeah. what is the one detail that you'd say that brokerages and agents should be sweating um and focusing on as they as they push into next year? I would say it's really, you know, because we are in such a precarious time, you know, with all the weird things that have happened um in the industry you know the inside baseball stuff with the the lawsuit and everything i think the detail i would sweat is just really understanding my own value and not being afraid to show it to the world and explain it you know and what i mean is like like i was saying earlier i think a lot of people a lot of people on the service side of real estate don't realize the value that they bring or they they think it's something else um you know the value that you bring is not getting the highest price for a house it's navigating the complexity taking that um you know 
making people feel confident in the decisions that they're making. You know, there's a thousand decisions that have to be made in every transaction. So building that trust, making them feel like they're armed with the right information or good enough information, um, trusting, trustable information. And then, you know, likewise, I think on the vendor side, because we do work with a lot of vendors, I feel like over the last decade or so, like the main, the main detail that every vendor has, has claimed, you know, to make better, it's all about like, make it easier, you know, we make it easier, or we make it simple. And I just think like, that wave has passed. And I don't think anyone really wants it to be easy. Um, Not that we want it to be complex, but it's like, uh, don't be afraid to admit like, yeah, it's still hard. We're, we're, we're making it more, you know, whatever your value proposition is, but let's move away from easy, you know, <laughs> because I, like I said, I think it's just people really want to know where can I trust the, the information. So tell me you're making it more accurate or tell me you're making it, um, even faster, speedier, um, more reliable, you know, I feel like I'm going off into a little bit of a esoteric <laughs> conversation there. Right. Easy to do in residential real estate. Yeah. <laughs> but Nothing's Jess, easy in real estate. <laughs> nothing is easy. Uh, but I Jess, think that's why a lot of those messages fall flat, honestly. Because we just don't believe it anymore. You know, I, like if I tell you that I'm going to make everything easy, I would like to think that you would think I'm lying to you, because it's not easy. Yeah, it's a complex thing that's it's about not. about humanity and lives, and and you know, life is not easy in a lot of ways. And I think what we do is help to distill it and discern it in a way that's going to be you know, valuable to all parties involved. Um, yeah, or at least I'd like to think so. But. Jessica, thank you. We're going to say thank you very much. This was uh, an amazing conversation. It was, you know, it was great to see you. Yeah, I haven't seen thank you, in a long you time. so much. Um, yeah, it was good to see you all and talk. And great conversation. Thank you so much. Have a great after- great day for you, afternoon for us. Yeah, my day's just <laughs> starting. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. Um, thanks a lot. Thanks, Jessica. Bye. I mean, I like how she articulated the need to define and exhibit trust and to, to communicate trust uh, through the marketing and branding and being the brand. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. <laughs> you had no, couple- I'm, just, I'm thinking I'm thinking about your I'm not a lead and thinking about the Saturday Night Live Zillow ad of becoming a lead and yeah. becoming a permanent lead and becoming... Yeah, that's, that's the, it's the exact, I mean, it's hilarious how identical those two campaigns are in the exact opposite. Um, but that they, they hit on the same thing, which is nobody wants to be a lead. Yeah. Wants to be passed around as a number, but yeah. What about you, Jonathan, any takeaways from you? Well, you know, you've heard me blab over the years about trust and I, um, I just think that's such a huge component of everything we do. I mean, everything we do. I mean, that's like 
how do you build trust is a is a constant question in in my mind and our marketing team's mind. I mean, every day it's like, what are we doing? And and I mean, even so to the point of we 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 did a, a quick redesign of of some business cards a couple of months ago. And then we always do a test order and we got them in and um I, I they they came in and we were all excited and I saw them in person and felt them and I said, no. throw it in the trash. We got to start over. And, you know, every possible touch point along the way uh, builds trust, whether it's something as small as a business card, uh, an AI headshot, you know, doesn't, in, in my opinion, doesn't build or, you know, erodes trust. But, um, but I think trust is a huge component. It's why we spend so much time and effort and resources on high-end listing presentations, and you know, honestly, a, a you know year-long office build uh, that was just finished. We want we want the whole um, ecosystem of working with a nest agent from the business card you get to the listing presentation to is your car clean when I if and when I hop in it to go look at a car or at a, at a house. Um, it all it all adds up to trust, and, and I think that um, copy is a huge component of of trust. And, and um, I think she maybe you know undersold herself as a copywriter. I mean, she is a full on um, strategist. I mean, yeah. of like pulling at the threads of a of a human or a company, and like getting getting all that out of a of a human or a company, and then being able to put it into succinct words that people read online, print, wherever, billboards, and like get that that is an unbelievably difficult task. And to do and to do so for an entity that you're not really a part of. Right. Right. It's it's one thing when Jonathan sits down and writes a manifesto about Nest because it's the vision that he has for doing the next stage. It's a whole nother one for her to be able to come and listen to what he has to say and write that manifesto in his voice. And I think I think back to years ago, right after we started Nest, I heard of a of an individual who was listening to was at a how to write a blog kind of seminar and and listen to all this stuff. And the and the person said, you know, is it okay if I hire a ghostwriter to write my blog? And the person's like, absolutely not. Like everyone will know it's a fraud. It will they'll know it's fake. And I think back to you, Jim, and all of the work you do on your blogs, when you meet people, they already know your voice. And it has to be the same voice that you have in person. And the company is the same way. The advertising we do, the marketing we do, the presentation we do, the website we do, the the business cards that we put together, the everything we do has to be in the same voice so that when an agent goes forth, people are like, yeah, that's authentic. That's the right piece. And I think all of that is, it's so amazing how how hard it is to get the consistency and the truthfulness there. Well, I think what she when she hit on, and again, you know, I don't have young kids anymore. Um, the fact that kids, you know, air quotes of kids today, the kids today have that meter that where they're hopefully able to discern, you know, truth and trust and what's real, what's real online is something that, um, you know, I think it speaks, speaks well of the future, but I think it's, it also highlights it on the flip side, you know, that, you know, it's a completely different conversation of how, you know, things online can be trusted when they shouldn't be. And I think that Keith, to your point of making sure the brand is consistent from, you know, from the front door, as she said, to the agents in the field, making sure that that brand is true throughout. I think that it's something that we, you know, we wanted it to be 
when you know and i've said this for years that i would be comfortable hiring any nest agent because i know that they're all good you know i think that's something that is you know i yeah i think there's a certain amount of pride in that that the brand attracts the right agent and also that they want to to speak that brand right yeah it's pretty awesome well, we've got uh, we've just got one more week left in the new year, and what do you say we get together and do predictions and projections next week, and um, we'll call it a happy 2023. That works for me. Thanks, y'all. All right. See you next week. See ya. Tip. Yep.